Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. With me again is Colin Mitchell. Yo. Said that super quickly. It was, uh, you had to. Trying, we're, trying trying to, to get, we're trying to get through this quickly. But Yeah, I'm trying to trying to give you as little credit as possible. Colin. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, go ahead, Colin. You, I was, was, was going to say, uh, me and Bruni are not together once again, um, just like we were three weeks ago. We are now... I'm in McKinney, he's in Denton, he's using a mic that's different than my mic, so if auto qualities are inconsistent, then we apologize, but hey, sorry. It's going to be gonna great, great content. It's going it's gonna to be it's gonna be great content, because we have a lot to talk about today, Bruni. So um, much. You know, just kick us off, kick us off. Alright, well, <laughs> we're about 24 hours removed uh, from the start. What, 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 are we, what are we naming this game? Oh man! I don't, what is I don't what is what is this game the, named? The here <laughs> off the top of my head, the oh man, the New Mexico collapse, the New Mexico disaster, or something like that. Someone <laughs> needs to get creative. There has to be a synonym that starts with an N. The New Mexico nightmare. The New Mexico, New Mexico nightmare. nightmare. All right, it uh, is now labeled. It's done. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. That's exactly what it was. It was a nightmare. It was absolutely atrocious. North Texas lost to Utah State. Utah State had, I think, like four coaches. They seemingly, everyone thought, you know, they weren't going to like have a lot to play for. Um, and North Texas was going to come out and be the hungry team. And they were going to come out and go crazy and play hard for the seniors. They had, North Texas had like four times the amount of crowd in the actual stadium. But none of that mattered because Utah State just beat the brakes off of North Texas. I mean, <laughs> 52 to 13 was the final score and frankly I don't even know if it was that close. It was bad. <laughs> it was horrific. It was a nightmare. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that the score is 52-13 and it was not as close as that. <laughs> Literally. Cuz I mean you take away the Case and Martin touchdown and they I mean they had the first touchdown which was legit, but you take away the Case and Martin bomb just to start the quarter and you're like this offense did nothing else. Besides, yeah. I mean, obviously, see, that's where we start getting into the caveats of this game is Mason Fine went down and left the game in the second quarter, like permanently went left in the second quarter, I should say, because he was on and off for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but he left in the second quarter, and I mean, he was after he pulled his hamstring on that run, he was never the same, really, yeah. for the rest of the game. And you could kind of tell. Uh, so it, it just, but even him at, 50% was still better than anything else they could have done. They had, I should say. Maybe not. I don't know if he's better than Casey Martin at 50%, but he's definitely better than Quinn and uh, Jason Bean. So uh, once he got hurt, it was just downhill from there. So, I mean, but then you asked me earlier, you asked me if Mason doesn't get hurt, does this team win or does this? Yeah. how much closer is this game? And I think that's the question that you have to ask yourself. Um. I replied to you and said this defense is still giving up 52 points. Like yeah. Utah State is still dropping 50 points on this defense because Utah State did whatever they wanted for the entire game, and I think that was probably the most shocking thing to me because entering the game, North Texas, you know, allowed only I think over only allowed 30 points twice this season, I believe. FAU and uh, it was their second game. I'm not going to remember, but I think only twice this year they've allowed over 30 points. So you have only two instances of that and this isn't last year's defense this is a much better defense so 
to see that defense give up 52 points to granted a really, really good Utah State team is just shocking to me. Yeah, and it's not even like Utah State had the ball uh, for that long compared to North Texas. Uh, possession time for Utah State was 26 minutes compared to 32 minutes from North Texas. So it's not like North Texas didn't have their opportunities. Uh, they went 2 of 15 on third down. Uh, yep. Utah State went 12 of 20. So I Damn. you just they couldn't get anything going, and that was it was like three and out, three and out, or you'd get a first down, and then it would be a th- you know a quick three downs or four downs. So. I mean, Utah the, uh, State dominated North Texas. Yeah, and you mentioned it, bring up the time of possession. It, the alarming thing was the amount of explosive plays that Utah State had. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Jordan Love at quarterback is is a great great quarterback at the Group Five level, um, but he was only twenty one of forty three passing. Yeah. Um, but you look at those twenty one completions; they went for three hundred sixty yards. So that's over. I mean, I quick math in my head tells me that's probably near. 20 almost that's probably like 18 yeah i think that's around 18 yards per completion so when you average 18 yards per completion and you almost complete 50 percent of your passes you're going to just torch that defense which is exactly what happened and it's tough to assign blame to one particular unit like you can't just blame the secondary because i don't mm-hmm. think they got any pressure on jordan love i don't think they'll, they weren't stopping the run either We're, we haven't even touched on that but Jordan Love just completely dominated this North Texas defense, and he was far, far, far and away the best quarterback that this defense has faced this season. Yeah, and you mentioned the the big play. Uh, you had Jalen Green uh, from Utah State have a 67-yard reception, and Aaron Vaughns, I think is how you say that, had a 72-yard yep. reception, and both of them had over 100 yards. Um, Jalen Green had six catches, but both of them had over 100 yards, and I mean, that just shows you that you know, they were able to kind of do whatever they wanted. And you mentioned the rushing game. Uh, they had two two backs with over 100 yards of, of uh, net yards. 105 for Gerald Bright on 16 carries and 104 for Darwin Thompson uh, with 21 carries. So, I mean, those they're not even getting like 50 or 60-yard runs. That's just, they're just basically carving up the line. Yeah. And so it was kind of, yeah, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, like I said, that was the shocking thing because... I expected the linebackers of EJG and Brandon Garner to at least be able to stop the run more or get pressure on the, the quarterback, but they they got very little pressure. I think the, the only sack was Ladarius Hamilton getting in the backfield and bringing him down late in the game, but it was just a dis, it was a disheartening performance, I think mm-hmm. that's the word. And we hadn't experienced that this year. Like we had experienced North Texas had experienced losses, but they hadn't experienced the loss like this in where they were dominated for basically from the start of the game. And so it's, it's a different feeling than when you lose, you know, obviously the old Dominion losses was terrible, but this is like a different type of loss. This is like a, it's a deflating loss. I yeah. think that's, that's how you, yeah. And uh, we could argue that this, this, Obviously, this is a better team. I mean, the best team that they've faced by far this season. But you could argue that winning this game makes or breaks your season in terms of the losses that they have had with Old Dominion and um, the close games that they had with uh, Rice at the beginning and then, you know, UTEP. uh, UTSA. Yeah, UTSA. So to lose in this fashion to a team that was kind of hyped up as like, this this is the time that North Texas quote-unquote completes their mission. I mean... 
it's almost like where do you go from here now you know what i mean it's it's it 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 feels it feels like you just got you know shot really you know i mean i don't explain it well yeah it's um yeah you you bring up a good point because the hype around this team and this bowl game kind of felt like this was the time they were going to take that next step Mm -hmm. and seth brought that up before you know completing the mission taking this next step winning this bowl game against a team that has like four coaches against like has ga's in actual coaching spots like you coaching wise alone you should be able to get your team together make the adjustments necessary but I mean, obviously, you're always going to have the asterisk of Mason Fine got hurt and Rico Bussey didn't play. That's an, We haven't even re- mentioned that mm-hmm. yet. But Rico Bussey didn't play also with the hamstring injury. I believe he injured that against Utah State. and uh, UTSA. Or, I'm sorry, U- UTSA. Yeah. And so you had basically your, you de- you had your two best offensive players not playing. So that's the asterisk that you're going to put next to it, but... In reality, I'm I don't know if they could have saved them because, like I said, defensively they just couldn't stop them for anything. Do you think and so? That sorry, why. I was, no, was going to say. Do, do you think the hype around this bowl game and the hype of this is supposed to be North Texas's time to take that next step was deserved? The okay, here's the thing. Before, before I don't know, like leading up to answering that question, I want to say that. What did I say when we talked about potential bowl games? Who did I want us to? Who did I want North Texas to play? BYU. I wanted yeah. I wanted like a BYU. <laughs> I wanted yeah. a. I wanted a B. I wanted a winnable game. Utah State. I don't think that's a winnable game at all right now. We and did I didn't both. Think, we did both pick wins. By the way, we did. We did. We did. We did. And I mean, a lot of people were taking the um, North Texas to cover the spread. It yeah. kept going down and down. People kept betting it down. So at by the end that by the time the game started, it was at seven for Utah State, and I, mm-hmm. it started off at eleven. Yeah. So I mean, that's a huge change. So people were betting North Texas. People thought North Texas could win. One CBS writer that I follow, Tom Fernelli, he picked North Texas to cover and only lose by three. So the thought process by everybody was that North Texas was going to come out here, they were going to play well, and they were going to give Utah State a challenge. Um. I said in my preview that I had to flip a coin to decide the winner. So, obviously, I've been around North Texas more, um, and I was kind of looking at it from the standpoint of their motivation and their coaches coming back against Utah State, who has less motivation, seemingly. Um, And I just thought that would play into it more, and that would be a bigger factor than it was. And so I was wrong on that. But... You asked. All right, repeat your question again. Was the hype around North Texas deserved? Yeah. Okay. So was the hype deserved? See, I think it. I think it was deserved, but why was it deserved? Rather, I just think it was deserved because if you if Mason Fine is healthy, we saw that this team could score, and but. Again, we didn't think the defense was going to be this bad. Nobody thought the defense was going to be this bad. Yeah, of course. So that's, that is the kind of complete drop-off. That's the complete staggering thing that happened. Um, in a blowout loss against two good teams, you're going to have something shocking happening. And that shocking thing was this defense just not showing up. So I think that it's deserved. I think if the defense plays as well as it usually does, I think that – and Mason Fine stays healthy, then you have a closer game, maybe like 35-21 or something like that. So it's not unreasonable. 
but in reality utah state saw north texas had potential and just smashed them from the from the start see but this is this is this is this is why i asked this because we we say it's deserved but what has this team shown us in big games games that matter you know, I'm, well, you know what I'm saying? So you have the you have the lot tech loss, that's fine. That was that was just a close game. You you get a field goal blocked. But then UAB is dropped, you lose to Old Dominion, you can't perform against the UTSA, although it's a rivalry game, you're considerably better than that team. Uh UTEP, I mean there we've every podcast we've talked about these red flags that keep popping up, yet we keep hyping this team up as if they're a thousand times better than last year's team. There there is See, but you, we have to, as critics and analysts, we have to be able to look at those first four games right. and decide how much they matter like to us, to, to the public. Yeah. We, so I still think that that team is there. I think those four are not there, but they were there entering the bowl game. I thought that team had potential of showing up and beating that Utah State team. In order to beat the Utah State team, they would have had to play as well as they did in those first four games, obviously. Right, right, of course. So that's why I thought that that was possible, and I thought the motivation was there, and I thought it was a different animal, and that's why you you want to say that there is hype because those first four games actually happened, yeah, and the, they were amazing. And so you, I, I just think we have to find a balance of how much those games actually matter. And, I mean, obviously looking back at the season, it's tough to say how much they mattered. Right and and I agree. I mean, you can say any team has the potential to be what they were in the first four games of a season. I mean, this team could have lost every game after that, but we saw what they did against an Arkansas or SMU. And mm-hmm. you could always be like, oh, yeah, this team has the potential to beat a Utah State, but they haven't reached that potential time and time again this season. That's true. It is true. And um, so, I mean, when you looked at – when I looked at this matchup, at least, I was just – I was just, I said that they would have to turn the Utah State over and Mason Fine would have to have a great game. Neither one of those happened, and there's all you got was Utah State burying North Texas. So, right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not. Sh- it's tough to decide on hype, um, but when when we look back at this team, and when we get into that segment more of looking back on this team this season as a whole, then we can get into that more. And I think that that's. Um, that's something that a lot of people are going to have to decide for themselves is how good this team actually was the, despite their struggles, yeah. I guess, over the last seven games. Or, or shoot, nine games, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Nine games. yeah, nine games. So, so um, but one thing I'm trying to think what we didn't bring up. Oh, we also didn't bring up the uh, – the, so, okay. There were struggles defensively. We've talked about that at length. Offensively, there was no Rico Bussy. Jalen Guyton had a decent game, four catches, one hundred three yards. He had the touchdown pass from uh, or the touchdown reception from Casey Martin. Casey Martin came in seven of twelve pass, completed seven of twelve passes for one hundred ten yards, one touchdown. <laughs> Obviously, that's inflated by the seventy-five yard touchdown, right? <laughs> um, Mason Fine was eight of twelve. Quinn Chambord was two of eight with three picks. Man, what a tough. That's a him. tough way to go out, yeah. Yeah, um, at least he had the the UTS or the FAU UTS, FAU game. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jason Bean came in was 0 of two with one pick. Uh, he didn't he didn't look great. Um, 
running backs, nobody really did anything. Man, 2.9 yards per carry as an offense. It was an abysmal showing by this by this offense. I mean, especially when Mason went down, but even before Mason went down, it was just like it, I, the reason they scored that first touchdown was because Utah State gave them 30 yards of penalties and gave them two free first downs. Like mm-hmm. they roughed a, they roughed a kicker and then I think there was a was it a DPI? No, there was a rough in the passer. So I just yeah, it was um even the touchdowns they did score just seemed like flukes. Yeah. So I I don't have anything positive really to say about that offense. Um what So Casey Martin was obviously the most impressive quarterback of the four. Do you I, think I I wouldn't say that cuz we didn't see Mason. So let's save the 3. Of the 3, I'm sorry, of the 3 of the 3. Uh do you think next year, I mean, I, we're, we're looking forward a little bit more, but I mean, how much potential do you think Case Martin has? So I was going to, I'm glad you brought this up, this up. Cause I was going to ask you the positives that we could take away from this game is that we kind of seen a case in Martin just to see mm-hmm. what he can do. Um, also, do you know why K didn't play? I don't know. I do not know. Okay. I, I should have, I was going to ask the SID, but I didn't, I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if you knew that at all. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So we went, we went to Quinn and then we went to Jason and then we yeah. went to Kaysen, which was interesting. But he was, like you said, arguably the – or was the best-playing quarterback of the day. Um, I mean, I think that's that's pro- probably a positive that you could take away from this game in terms of he sh- he showed showed that he's able to play and kind of give you some good, you know, playtime if Mason does happen to get hurt again in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And we can talk about this later too when we do talk about, you know, the future of this team. But I think it's important that – he kind of emerges as a number one backup, I guess. I don't yes. know. Yeah. So well, like like Quinn is the number one backup this season, right? Yeah, but I'm saying for next season, there yes. it, was, it was kind of thrown up in the air. Like, who do you put in? Cade, Jason, that Austin. Uh, for, don't say his last name. Yeah, uh, a on or whatever it is. Yeah, Ane. Austin Aney or Ani something. Brady yeah. knows. Anyways, <laughs> so it was kind of thrown up in the air. Like, can any of these court, backup quarterbacks play? Because. North Texas, other than Quinn, hasn't had someone that can reliably kind of manage a game, and I feel like we can see that from a case, and, and maybe even more than that. We'll have to, I mean, time will tell on that, but I think it's important that you can kind of cement, not cement, yes. but have an idea of who could be the backup quarterback next year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really, I don't know if there was any other positives to take away from this game. No. Uh, I think <laughs> it's... Like, was there? I mean, Nate Brooks had a pick... Do you think do you think this result was surprising? Yes. It was very surprising. See, but now if you tell me before the game Mason Fine is only going to play one quarter, then it's less surprising, that's, but that, I'm that, still surprised. That's what I'm talking about. Like if if but you I knew Mason before, was injured, do you is this result surprising? It's still surprising because the defense gave up 52 points. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stay I'm going to say that forever that this the defense giving up 52 points is jarring. Yeah. It's it's shocking. Uh, I mean, Kyrie Muhammad, I wrote in, in a story, he gave me a quote before the early, early in the preparation saying they're not scoring 47 points on us. And I, be- I mean, I, I believed him because they haven't. They haven't given up 47 points. They haven't even given up 40. So 52 is just amazing. They looked like a defeated team. I mean, in the middle of the second quarter, they looked defeated. So they kind of like, See, when you play a really, really, really good team, like a potentially top 25 team in the country, 
you have to be able to absorb some punches and be able to like battle back. Yeah. And it just, they haven't taken punches like that at all this season. Like it, every punch that they've taken, they've kind of, you meant you brought it up. I mean, every punch they've taken seriously, they haven't battled back from it. Yeah. LaTeX stormed back. North Texas had a little bit of fight in them, but they ended up losing that. UAB, same thing. UAB storm comes back from, I think it was 21 to six, 21 to 10. Yep. Uh, comes back. North Texas can't do anything. They don't score. And then ODU obviously gives them one haymaker punch and goes on a run. It's and, over. And UTSA almost almost did it as well. Yeah. So, so it's this team isn't good at absorbing blows, and they kind of they've said it before is that they just they get down easily. So when Utah State, I think when they realized Utah State was significantly better than them, it just it folded. They fold. I mean, it's it's hard as an athlete. It's hard as any competitive person. When you're going against someone that's much better than you in something, yeah, to keep that confidence level and to keep that um, energy and keep going after they've punched you in the face numerous times, and that comes with experience, I think, and that comes with experience of battling back over and over and over, um, and they haven't had that experience this season at all. Yeah, and and I mean the 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 mother of all punches is losing Mason. yeah exactly i mean it's hard it's hard to one come over overcome that and then overcome three picks from quinn and then another one from jason bean until you finally throw in uh but uh i was i was looking at the drive chart so Mm -hmm. for utah state it goes touchdown punt punt touchdown interception touchdown 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 and then by that time obviously we we everyone knew the game was over um but they didn't really have any long drives other than their last touchdown, which was a 90 yard drive, 14 plays, 90 yards. And then a, uh, the first one, which was three plays, 75 yards. And then the second or third touchdown, which was 10 plays, 78 yards. Everything else was, uh, around, or you have one Mm -hmm. scoring play. that's uh, 13 plays, 23 yards. One that's four plays, 42 yards. Another one that's two plays, 52 yards. And the other one's three plays, 67 yards. So, Picks yeah. obviously don't help you there, but yeah, of course. That, I mean, that is, that is a good point. That's a good point to bring up that uh, the defense or was put in bad positions. But as a defense, you're going to get put in bad positions. Yeah, and they've 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 made the most of a, a lot throughout this season. They've been they've been put in bad positions and they've overcome a lot of stuff. The difference is this team is unlike any team that they've seen. And so when you get put in bad positions and you you're giving up big plays mm-hmm. and you can't get to the quarterback and you can't stop the run it's just like all compounded and it leads to an abysmal showing really um but yeah i think that's all i had on that game yeah <laughs> that game. <laughs> that's and all we I had can't really say, i can't really say any more about the new mexico nightmare <laughs> the nightmare in new mexico that's oh i like that i like that better. that's much better um man i'm just looking at these stats man Okay, anyways, so <laughs> no, we're done with the game. We're done with the game. So looking back on the season, Bruni, Here's t- my main after question. the bowl game. Go ahead. W- or, I guess you're going to ask me here, a question. Here, here, so here. I was going to ask have, you a question. Ask question. me the question. Ask me the question. Um, My question is, we asked this uh, a couple weeks ago, but we didn't want to answer it. How does this team stack up to last year's team now that the season's over? 
Are you talking? Are you asking me who which team would win if they had to play each other? Or well, yeah, both. I mean, which team's better and why? Mm. Last year's team had to overcome a lot more, and mm-hmm. I feel like that could give last year's team the edge. But then again, you have the defense of this year's team. I mean, it's kind of like they play to each other's strengths. This team cannot. This year's team can't. Couldn't really score in the second half, or you know, get big plays. And last year's team, they overcome all the odds. So, yeah. I mean, I don't really think. I have. I must still say that this year's team's better because mm. there's not some ridiculous thing that's glaring to me where it's like. Oh yeah, no. Last like last year's Mason's way better than this year's Mason or last year's neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no yeah. there's no section of of or section of offense defense Except special for teams, one. which would be just second half scoring. Which would be Jeffrey Wilson, or Jeffrey Wilson, or Jeffrey Wilson. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's interesting. No run game. Yeah, but see, they didn't have a run game at the end. At the end, of the last three games well, or Jeffrey four games, Wilson got hurt. That's what I'm saying. And I I guess they lost all those games, right? Other than they lost, they, they lost, lost Troy, FAU, Troy. They lost FAU, and they lost. I think that was it. I think oh. that was it. Okay, that's interesting. The <laughs> the the comparisons are really tough because you basically have everyone like a year older that matters mm-hmm. besides Jeffrey, and Jeffrey's gone. Um, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and say last year's team would have won because they would have just they were more resilient and they they kind of played more hungry last year. I, mm-hmm. I've said this before in the podcast. This isn't new. I said last year's team was kind of just like it's like in any sport like when you see a rookie in any in any sport kind of just going off and their mindset the the mindset of that rookie is kind of just like I'm trying to do whatever's possible just to get my name recognized. Right. I'm trying to just play my heart my heart out. I'm just trying to play as hard as possible. Well, you're you're playing you're playing with all the pressure on your back. You're well, not, for your not job. In your rookie. Well, yeah, yeah. In your rookie year, yeah, you're playing for your job. You're, but you're also you don't have expectations, you know. So you yeah. can surpass expectations. This year's team had expectations. They won four straight games convincingly, about as good as you can win those first four games, and then they had expectations, and they struggled it. Remember the story I wrote after the Latte game about uh, it being like Rocky? Yeah. I hate to say it, but they're, they're not they're not like Rocky. This team was not like Rocky. I, I might tweet that story out again, but that, that story I wrote at the end somewhere just saying like, well, you know, Rocky ended up coming back and beating the guy after he got knocked out. This team doesn't do that. This team didn't come back and fight back, and this team didn't rip off six straight conference games after losing to La Tech. They barely won, barely won, lost, barely won, barely won. So it's just like it's, it was disheartening. The The La Tech loss was obviously disheartening. And so I just don't know. I think the hunger of last year's team is something to be to be uh, talked about what do you, what when, do you think, when comparing these teams. What do you think changed? I'm trying to think of how to word this. What do you think changed their mentality more? the expectations or being comfortable with being labeled quote unquote, the best team in the conference. That makes sense. Well, the, the, those are kind of hand in hand, right? 
Like well, I'm being saying, the best I'm team saying, in the conference and expectations. I'm saying, so for expectations, I'm saying everyone's expecting you to be the like. Are you are are they are they crumbling to the expectations or are they too comfortable in their own minds thinking that they're the best? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think it's more the expectations thing. I don't think they. I think it's definitely the expectations thing. I just when you have the expectations that you're supposed to beat someone and then you don't or or you're struggling, it just gets to you and I think that's what this team showed multiple times that the expectations might have just gotten to them a little bit more and that's why Mason said week after week after week after week we're just going to we're just, we're just trying to have fun. We're just going to go out there and try to have fun and play our game. That's all he says, literally. And he can say that all he wants, but it didn't when, show. You're, <laughs> when you're actually in the game, you can try to have fun, but in the back of your mind, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing on this play? Oh my gosh, what if I do this wrong? Oh, you're just, you're not going to play to your potential. And so I think that's what we saw more than anything. Yeah. And I think just Mason being as good as he was won them games uh, in conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense being as good as they were, they could kind of win games without playing their best. Because at no point in the conference season, besides maybe, maybe FAU, did we see this team at their best. Yeah. Like for for over two quarters. Uh, <laughs> I was the safe, so for a half, yeah. So, man. So, if okay. So, last year's team, you take away Mason, you could argue they win like three games, right? Yeah. So, so how much of this... Because Mason obviously didn't have... Mason didn't have a fairy tale moments this season, which is, I mean, you don't have to have those, but he didn't have like a, he didn't have a game where he put it all together other than maybe SMU. So take away Mason off of this team and put in an average quarterback, say like, I don't want to say Quinn. I'm saying a competent quarterback that can pass. uh, Like a Ben Hicks. Ben Hicks. Okay. Okay. So you throw in Ben Hicks. How many games does this team lose? Their record is probably, they probably go way worse in conference. Uh, you're probably looking at five and seven, six and six. Okay, okay, Something that's, like what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Somewhere around there. So last my, year's team, yeah, I think last year's team struggles even more, way more. I agree. So, so my, so is is this team's problem? I don't want to say problem. Is this team? Does this is this team's downfall? Their reliance on Mason? Do you think? I think when Lauren Easley went down, that really hurt. Yeah. And so when Lauren Easley goes down, then you have to rely on DeAndre Torrey, who's a good back. He, I'm not taking anything away from DeAndre Torrey. He's just not Jeffrey Wilson or Lauren Easley. Um, I I just think the strengths of this team was Mason Fine and the and the defense. Mm-hmm. So last year, the strengths of the team were Mason Fine and Jeffrey Wilson. And I guess you could say the receiving corpse, maybe even, but I would say that's a push between last year and this year. So you have a team that's going to just straight outscore you in last year's team, averaging 37 and 30, giving up 35. And you have this year's team averaging, shoot, I don't even remember what it was, high 30s and giving up 21. But a lot of those numbers are skewed. So I would probably say this. See, I don't know. It's too close for me, I think. I think it's too close for me to pick a winner. Mm-hmm. Because I'd have, man, I'd have a hard time picking against a healthy Jeffrey Wilson and a young and a hungry 
Mason. North Texas team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. But I, I just wanted to I wanted I asked that question because I wanted to use it as a barometer of this year's team. So last year's team, getting into my next point is that last year's team we look at and say that team was amazing, nine and five. Mm-hmm. This year's team is nine and four. Right. It's gonna be looked at a little differently. Yeah. But so I, I mean Sorry, keep going. No, I was just I mean is obviously it's not fair, but I just don't know if there's anything they can do about that. Do about what? Having being looked at as a team that maybe didn't accomplish what they could have. Oh yeah. Even though they would finish nine and four and were probably just as good, if not better, than last year's team. Oh yeah. Like they took not. another step forward in yeah. a way. You had memorable moments this season, more maybe more so than last year. You definitely did more than well, last well, year. Well, this this year's team, this year's team put North Texas on the map in terms of publicity and, I guess, exposure because yes. you have the Arkansas win. You have, you know, things going viral on social media. I mean, we saw the the North Texas Twitter at one point post like their yeah, uh, yeah. coverage reach. or whatever. Anyways, yeah, yeah. So their reach. Yeah, exactly. So. This team definitely took a step in terms of exposure, but I don't think it took advantage of that exposure. And you can't, there's no way, you're, you're never going to look back at this team, say 10 years from now and go, oh yeah, that was the year that this team got put on the map. I think it would be last year's team. Okay. And that's just because, yeah, this year's team has the exposure, but they only got that exposure because of last year's team. Does that make sense? Yeah, and social media. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, last year's team went to the conference championship, and well, yeah, you but, know, but if you don't have that Arkansas game, then well, then also you have Seth Luttrell being talked about as a head coaching, uh, as a head coach at other places. Yeah. So that kind of adds to that whole, you know, adds to the exposure of this program as a whole. So I think next year you're going to see a lot of talk about North Texas and. If they if they struggle or if they only win eight games or seven games, mm-hmm. it's gonna just it's gonna decline really quickly. I think because I think Seth will be gone after next year. What do you think? What do you think the expectations of next year's will be? Do you like? Do you think that next year it's going to be? Oh, this team will be for because I think I think coming into this season we we're like oh yeah this team will be way better than last year's team or in terms of their potential and. Yeah, their their overall ability, but I don't really think that that could be the case for next year's team. It depends on how good you think senior Mason Fine's going to be, and senior Jalen Guy and senior Rico. Well, Rico I mean, Blessing. also too the defense. You lose the defense. The defense lose, is going to take the biggest hit. Yeah, the you def- lose. You lose a lot. Yeah, offensively, you're only losing Jordan Murray. Yeah, which which I don't think is a problem. Um, but I, yeah, so you. But do you see do you see Mason becoming taking another step forward? I could. I could. I just don't know. I don't know if it's certain, but I could definitely see it. Um I think you you asked me about the expectations for next year's team. I think they're gonna be really, really, really high. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking they're they might be expected to win ten games. Like yeah. I don't know if nine wins gets it done anymore. Like you have to be ten and three. Well, I think. well, well it didn't get it done this season. 
Exactly, but if they would have won the games that they won more convincingly, it might have. So you saying you saying they lose they lose the same games they've lost. Yeah, but they beat they beat UTSA easy, they beat UTEP easy, okay. and they beat Rice easy yeah. and stuff. I think this team is looked at completely different. I agree. Uh, but no, I think the expectations for next year will be ten wins. What I mean, ten and three. I mean, whether that's with or without a bowl game, I think if you get to ten wins, you're fine. Yeah, it would be nice to win win a bowl game for once. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. But it, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard if you if you go ten and two in the regular season, you're gonna play a team like Utah State again, like Troy again last year. Yeah, like you're gonna play a legitimate team, so that's gonna be tough. So I can't hold that too much against them. Um, I really hope the schedule is a little harder next year. I haven't I haven't even looked at. Well, it. we can talk about that in next podcast. Yeah, we will. We'll we'll look we'll look at that in the future. Um, season. Okay. Do we have anything else on looking back on this season? No, I, I don't think, think so. I think I, I think, think we covered everything. I think we, had a good, yeah, I think we had a good discussion on that. Um, uh, you had some predictions in the preseason, Bruni. I did. I had so I did my ten. It was one of the first things I put up on the site. Actually, it was ten bold predictions for North Texas twenty eighteen season. Yep. These and these were these were August 29th. So these are August, these are early, early before game one, man. Uh, I just. I'm trying to remember my thinking, my thought process when I did this. I was trying to be, I think, okay, that's what I did. From 10 to 1, it got least bold to most bold. Okay. That's what it was. So we'll start at 10. We'll okay. read it off. We'll talk about it, why it did happen, why it didn't happen, um, and see, see how much I got right. If I get, if I get, I haven't, I don't remember, I only remember one or two of them that I did. So if I get, if I get, Six out of ten, right? I'm happy. Okay. We gotta get above a fifty. Okay, sounds good. All right, so hold on, I, I'm bringing up a stat for this first one because I'm certain you don't have it in front of you. Um, okay. Yeah, just get the season stats up. So that way you can. Great. This internet is not is not cooperating. Okay, give me give me oh, a second. Uh, podcast friends. The uh, <laughs> podcast friends. Uh, yeah. Then we also have. I don't know if we'll. I don't know. We probably won't get to ranking the uh, the uh, opponents. We can save that for the end if we do. Um, but man, the thing I worry about in these predictions is that I said something. I knew. I know. I said at least two stupid things. Okay. Okay. Here Did we you? go. Yep. Okay. So number one or number ten, I guess number on 10, yeah. Bruni the Bruni's breakdown. Ten predictions, preseason predictions. Cole Headland will go thirteen of sixteens on field goals for the year. Um, he is was nineteen of twenty two. That's not this bad. season. So so that's not bad. I so, get a half a point on that. I'm writing this down. All right, half a point. So when I read these off, would you like me to read what you had said as well, like in their little paragraph? <laughs> you could summarize it, I guess. Okay. Just okay, what, okay, what okay. I basically say. Okay. Well, I said this team was going to go for it on fourth down a lot more. I think that's what I said. And um, then I didn't. I didn't trust Cole Headland as a kicker. I think you said you said Trevor Moore went twenty of twenty two is a monster. It's why he got. Uh, workouts. You you feared Cole Headland's range. We didn't really have to see that this season. Um, he had a 52, 53, I think. 53. 53. Yeah. Um, you didn't say anything about uh, fourth down. So there you okay. go. Okay. Okay. So number nine. Um, this has to do with punting and how Blake Patterson, right before the season started, all of a sudden wasn't on the team. So 
Your prediction was Alvin Kentworthy will start and remain as the starter, starting punter for the rest of the season. Yes. Um, genius. I'm a that, genius. That was an easy one. So I'm a go. genius. That's, that's, that's not... No, no, no. Like, that was an easy one. Like, there's no, like, 0. 0.5. It's like Debate. a 1. Yeah, you actually you, you got Great. that. Day one. Good job. Claps. Um, I don't I don't remember this. You'll remember this. Jordan Murray will return to the starting lineup by game four. Well, because remember, before the season, he wasn't starting. Oh, yeah, the first game this. he started. Yeah, Alex, Alex <laughs> Woodworth. It was... Um, I don't even think it was Brammer. I think someone else. I think Preston or someone started. Alex uh, uh, Woodworth. Woodworth started at left tackle, or he was the left tackle in the all in the training camp. That's why yeah. we were like, kind of confused. There, but we had also heard there was a lot of shuffling. So I was like, watch Jordan Murray just be back in at left tackle. Just he he's just gonna come back in the starting lineup. And, we and he ended up starting season. like game yeah. one. We we saw that this season. So let's give you let's give you a point for that too. Boom. That's th- what's that? Two and a half. Two and a half. All right, two and a half out of ten, or three. <laughs> all right, the defense will have two all-conference selections. That's gonna be right. That's gonna um, be right. They so might have. They might so have think, three. It's so gonna be easy. Nate Brooks, EJ Ajia, at least. Okay. Well, you said EJ Ajia, and Joe Zogu or Kyrie Muhammad. Oh, okay. Kyrie. It might be Kyrie. I could see Kyrie. I'm saying they might have like three. You said Joe Zogu was gonna be was gonna be enticing <laughs> because he might have eight sacks. How many seconds did he have on there? Like three? He had. <laughs> Let me whip those up real quick for you. Okay, I'll get a point five on that one, though. That's pretty good. I don't have defensive statistics for some reason, so sorry. I right, just leave it. It's okay. All right, all right. All right. Um, that's a point five, though, because EJ is definitely making it. And then I think, I think, well, there'll definitely be two, but if I said Kyrie, I don't know if Kyrie's going to make it or not. Yeah. Nate will. Nate will make it. Nate will make it. Actually, wait. Wait, 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 wait. They already came out with the all conference teams. What are we saying? Oh, yeah, they t- <laughs> what are Why we are we doing? guessing? <laughs> EJ, EJ didn't get one, I didn't think. Yes, he did. Did he get I one? I got it. Let me look it up. I thought he got the... I don't know. I see all the pro football focus stats and then like yeah, actual yeah. conference stats. It's like I'm overwhelmed with graphics. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's see. First quarter, game day, game day, pictures. Man, how long ago was this? Uh, okay. Con- okay, he was a conference player there. Here we go. EJ Ajia, Kimon Hall. So they had two on the first team. They had Nate Brooks on the second team. Sad. That I'm, I mean, you only get half a point. That's that should point. be like a 0.75 you only, point. You only get a half point. I said there would be two. Oh, that's fair. Okay, 0.75 point. <laughs> you get a zero on this next one. <laughs> oh god, I don't even know it. Go ahead. Lauren easily will get the second most rushing yards and won't trail Nick Smith by much. You also said the first, uh, the first part of that. You also said sophomores Evan Johnson and Andre Torrey will also be in contention for the second running back spot, but easily which edge them out and will get a good amount of carries behind Smith. Look, that first part of that was right though. Lauren Easley did have the second most yards. Yeah, I he, think. No, he, he only had the, did. He have the first. No, he er, early in the season. Talking about early in the season, yes, he was he was the main running back. But I'm saying at the end of the year, Lauren Easley ended with. Either the second oh, or he was close oh, to I see second. You saw, it's like, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about the time. Yeah, no, he was second on the team. He's still um, second? Yes. He had That's twenty crazy. more he had twenty three more yards than uh, right. Nick Smith. That's a point two five one right there. A point two five one. Okay. Because that that's right. I mean I was right on that. What do you, was... what, how many do you have right now? One, two, three point five. Out All of right, five? Out of, out of six. Out of six? Out of five. Out of five, sorry. 
This is number six. Jalen Darden will have 45-plus uh, receptions and six touchdowns this season. This is, this is the one I'm most proud of. I'm so, so proud of this. To go over, over Jalen so uh, Darden's stats, he had 48 receptions and four touchdowns. Can I do any better on that? <laughs> you couldn't get six touchdowns. So what are we talking? No, I, I, think, I think it's a one. I think it's, it's a one. one. You got close enough to the receptions. Let me see. Did you that, predict, was, that was pretty accurate. Did you predict his yards? And then I that's think I big. said you also said Michael I, Lawrence would not play as much, mm-hmm. and that was that's true. So let's give let's give you a full one on that one. All I right, like that. I like one. that. That's thank a full you. one. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Slide number seven. Uh, fourth most bold prediction. This defense will record at least fourteen interceptions in twenty eighteen. I don't actually know that stat because for some reason it's it's like nineteen. Okay, I'm believing you. It's right. I'm positive. No, because they had 18, I think, in between the bowl games. So. Okay, so cool. we'll just give you that because they got more than 14. So that's another one. Let's let's get what it. Was my, right. What was my reason? How much did they have in 2017? Uh, 2017, they had eight. Yeah, see? That's a big prediction. Yeah. Good job, Matthew. Um, Yeah, and you guessed that Tyreek Davis was an upgrade over Ashton Preston. And he was. Um. Taylor Even though Robinson. Jamil Moore played almost that whole game, I think, yesterday. So. Yeah, uh, Taylor Robinson replacing Keyshawn. Is he's a better uh, pass coverage, obviously, which I think that's just a gimme. Um, and then you mentioned Kimon Holney, Brooks, and Cam Johnson. Okay, yeah. Anyways, Terrific. number three, or third most bold, North Texas defense will record as many sacks as their offense allows. Do you know the stat? I can get it real quick. Okay. Actually, you told me not to click. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Just go to the main green stats. That's man. what I'm doing. I'm doing. <laughs> Anyways, Bernie, so uh, I believe that it is close. That's pretty good. That's pretty good if I get that one right. Because the thing is, you look at 2017, they had like, man, they had like no sacks. I want to say they had like 14 sacks and they had they allowed like 28 or something like that. So it, to get to the even, it's huge. That was a huge prediction. Like going from like 28 and 14 to like whatever it is now, I think it's like 20, 25, 25 or something like that. Yeah, that was a huge, huge, huge upgrade um, on both sides of the ball. Really, I mean, the offensive line wasn't that much better, but I mean, the defense at least stepped up and got me that prediction right. I believe. Okay, so I said de- defensive statistics. St- statistics. You can just go to the team. That's what I'm on right now. That's what I'm on right okay, now. So for sacks, there were 34 total sacks, and opponents had 28. Is that right? That's what this says. It says how many sacks did Mason? Did they have last? Did they have uh, this week? Uh, oh, I don't know if this is updated for this week. That's a good point. No, it is. I'm pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure it is. I think the there were like three. I think there were like four sacks yesterday. So yeah, that probably did that. Yep. So yeah. So 28 to 34. 28 opponent sacks. 34 North Texas sacks. Like you, we like North Texas has sacked opponents 34 times. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So so you got it. So that's right. Yeah. That's, that's oh, wait. A... Repeat, repeat the prediction again. Uh, your prediction was North Texas defense will record as many sacks as their offense allows, which is true. They allowed 28 yeah. sacks, and they had 34 yeah. sacks. Yeah. That's big. Okay. That's... Go ahead. More than 57% of North Texas's offensive plays will be passes. Boy. I think that's that we don't have to look that one up. That's... Should I calculator out? Uh, for sure. Hit me with the... Hit me with the... <laughs> With stats. Wait, I don't have them up. Okay, well then I'll do it. I don't know why you asked me. 
I have my calculator out if you need it. Oh, okay. Or just uh, look at the total plays and yeah, then I'm give looking, me the I'm looking, at it, I'm looking at it. Okay, or so total 10. plays, 966. Mm -hmm. And where where pass plays? Just go to Mason or just go to attempts. Uh, Mason fine. Four hundred and sixty nine attempts. Just do it off of Mason. How many is that? We're gonna round that up to five hundred. Since we're yeah, gonna it's, include it's, stacks, it's, it's five hundred. We'll yeah. So we'll say five hundred. So I don't think I got this one. Let's see. No, let's see you definitely got it. Right? No, maybe not. Close. Fifty-two percent. Damn it. That's a point fiver. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I might, I might save you. Four sixty-nine plus a sixteen from Quinn, plus thirteen from Kaysen. Plus twenty-eight sacks. Those are all set pass plays. Yep. Sixty-nine, sixteen, thirteen, four, two. Plus twenty eight, five thirty two divided by how many? I say nine sixty six. Nine sixty six, fifty five percent. Dang, <sighs> close. I'm still putting a. I'm putting a point five. Okay, you know what's interesting too? Just while we're looking at this, uh, North Texas had fifty more plays this season than their opponents. I know hmm. that might not be a whole lot, but it's just that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right. What are we on number two? Yes, we are on number two. So right, number two go. of the ten bold predictions. No, we're number one. This is the last one. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. North Texas will lead Fort Atlantic at halftime in the Conference USA Championship game. <laughs> I want y'all to know how bold this looked in the preseason. I was getting for this. <laughs> I mean, people were saying there's no way. Fort Atlantic's too good. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, all this stuff. Basically centered around Fort Atlantic being just too good. Like, not saying that this was impossible that these two play each other. Because it was likely at this point that these two would play each other. But there's no way North Texas is going to beat FEU. That was the whole thinking. So me saying this is a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. So You get zero uh, points. And I was wrong. Yeah. How, how, so how many points do you have? Let's do the math. 2.5, 3.25, 3 3.5, 4.5, 5.5, 6.5, 5. 7. 7 out of 10. That's big time. Give me a 70. C's <laughs> get, get degrees, Colin. How's it feel? You graduated from from the North Texas 2018 football season. I did it. <laughs> I did it. Seventy percent. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Um, I would like to thank Jalen Darden. <laughs> I'd like to thank. Uh, I don't even remember my other predictions. J uh, Jordan Murray for starting. Alvin Kenworthy for punting. Uh, <laughs> and Cole Headland for giving me a point five of those points. So yeah, that was a. Those those are those are good predictions. I, I'm happy about those. We'll do those next year. We'll see how they, they end up. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. I'm happy. happy All right. Those. The final, final, what's uh, final Tab. thing on the itinerary? Thing. I'm trying to think of something something fun. Thing. The future of this team, Bernie. <laughs> the future. I wonder. Hold on. What about the future, Colin? <laughs> I just, we're using webcams, and I and he whipped out this water and stared at me, and I I lost. I lost my train lost of thought. Your train of, yeah. Lost your thought, man. Uh, anyways, so Seth Luttrell is here to stay. Mason Fine for his senior season. Let's break this up into parts. All right. Okay. Okay. First, first, Seth Luttrell staying. How big we is think. that? How big we is think. that? He's we think. Staying. He's staying. He's staying. We, we don't know this. Every Power Five conference job is filled right now. That's. They're not even this. Okay. Whatever. 
we we hope Latrell staying. All right, that's the first thing. That that's pretty big. That's huge. All right, it's huge, humongous. Um, <laughs> huge. <laughs> it's huge. Um, the thing is, so we're talking about Seth Latrell returning. I think that's big. Not only do they keep the recruits. All right, that's the probably the most important thing is that this 2019 class is actually going to happen. Early signing days on Wednesday, by the way. Subscribe to 24/7 Mean Green 24/7 if you're not. That's going to be amazing. So much content on that. So much. Gabe Brooks is amazing recruiting genius. He's a genius. So subscribe to us. Um, second of all, I just think having him back and having not a new coach is just going to be amazing. Like you're. We saw this year how the continuity of this team kind of just single-handedly won them some games and got them off to that hot start. Mm-hmm. You know, while other teams like Arkansas, SMU, were had new coaches, new systems, North Texas had the same thing, and they were just able to jump on them. So when that happens, it's I think the start of the season, more than anything, you just get teams that are more driven and teams that are hungrier. Also, we have to mention Graham Harrell, uh, also, they're more disciplined. I didn't mention that. But Graham Harrell, if he chooses to stay, which I don't think he's going to stay, but if he does stay, I mean, it's a, it's another it's another plus. I mean, you could look at this coaching staff and be like, how many of them are just waiting out Seth to leave? And is Seth just waiting out Mason to leave? So when Seth and Mason are gone, then I think you're going to see a whole new staff. But until that happens, you just got to ride this train, ride that pony till it till it passes out. You can't make a pony reference when SMU's arrival. Well, they passed. I I said that the bony the the bony the pony pass out, passes out. But whatever, uh, Bernie, whatever, Bernie. Don't stop taking away from my analogies. All right. <laughs> I do one good thing all on right, this podcast. All right, all right. Bring up analogies <laughs> and bring up names for games. That's what I do. All right. That's my thing. You can't take that away from me. All right. Then what do I, I do? came up with? Man, I, came I don't up do a with, whole lot then. <laughs> you're the you're the you're the it man on this podcast the it man <laughs> you're like, oh we have a technological problem colin colin help i don't my Technologi- mic's not working i like technological that was a good word my mic isn't working colin uh just just turn it up bruni where where do i turn it up on on the side right there okay <laughs> is this better that's exactly how every conversation goes that's exactly, all right not, all right seth, like, seth latrell is here Number one, Mason Fine is here. Number two, um, quarterback is obviously the, the, the most, entire offense is coming back. The most, yeah, exactly. We'll just say the entire offense. That's 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 probably more important for this team. Well, I guess it comes with Seth. So, how important is it that this whole entire offense is coming back and then we're not losing like uh, Rico or Jalen or anything to graduation? Yeah, it's kind of nice. That we're gonna. <laughs> it's kind of nice, man. Look, look. Let me let me say what I wanted to say before you cut me off. Not only that, but they're also getting Lauren easily. Potentially. Yeah, and that Connecticut running back. And uh, Hopkins. Yep, Connecticut running back. So they have plenty of running backs. First of all, we don't need any more running backs. They need to stop recruiting running backs. Just take a pause. Give us take Mason two. We need Mason two lined up and ready to go. Recruit like thirty quarterbacks. <laughs> open tryout. <laughs> open tryouts. <laughs> um, 
No, okay, but having this offense back, and I think if Graham stays, which I think he is, okay, wait, I don't know if Graham's staying. I already said. I, earlier, I, I think sure. you just said that you didn't. You didn't yeah, think Graham I was contradict, stay. Yeah, I just, I just contradicted myself. Bernie lies but, a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going, man. I don't know what I. <laughs> all say. right. Anyways, I, all right. Continue. The thing is, the, the thing is, basically, this offense should score high thirties again. So I'm not sure if the actual put out is going to be much better than this year but i think the consistency has to be way 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 better i mean this is basically it this is it you have yeah. senior mason fine senior michael lawrence senior jalen Guyton, senior rico bussy uh senior uh i think this one of the mostly brothers i think will be a senior alex woodworth i think is going to be a senior um you just have seniors all over this offense now and that's kind of what the defense was i mean in a way you had all your playmakers were seniors so We'll see if it goes back to kind of the 2017 format of just having to outscore people, which I think would be a good thing. I think if you let Why this do you offense think it's to be a good thing, because I think if this offense is like we have to score 50 points to win a game and they just come out and just start chunking it, I think it would be amazing. Just like 2017. Do you do you think it's amazing because it's fun, more fun to watch, or? You no, I want games well, that way. well both, but I want to see Mason Fine actually just sling it and pass for five thousand yards. <laughs> Is that too much to ask for? Five thousand yards in college? I think it's a lot to ask for, but I believe in it. It's a huge amount to ask for. All right. Um, okay. okay, but we have to get to the defense though. Yeah, that's next. Unless you have something else. No, I was going to say next for defense. So we're losing linebackers. We get, or sorry, North Texas gets tons of defensive recruits. How much of an impact do you see them making next season? Um, if any, that's substantial. It's tough because I think that Deshaun Gaddy, the cornerback, could come in. and Because, I mean, we've seen both cornerbacks are gone. We know that. Jordan Roberts is a backup. Cam, Cam Johnson's a backup. But then you got guys like Deshaun Gaddy who looks like he could play anywhere in the secondary. He's a big dude. So I think him alone, he'll come in and compete for one of those spots right away. If he if he ends up staying as a commit here, uh, him then you have the linebackers from Bishop Lynch, uh, the the Murphy brothers. We'll we'll get into all these these recruits in a in a future podcast. But I think the potential for these guys to come in, I think they're going to be holes that they can fill. I'll say that because okay. you have the Murphy brothers; they're both linebackers. Who know? I mean, you have capable guys like Linehan and McDonald. Uh, or, or Linehan and uh, what's his name, William Laymasters, the other linebacker, uh, who are going to come in and fill those linebacker spots, but they just don't seem like they're the same type of consistency as Garner and Igia. So it w- there will be turnover next year, defensively. Do you see? I don't think that's, do you that's see, not a secret. Do you see any of these recruits other than Gaddy making a instant impact? By instant, we'll say like the first couple games. You will see them on the field playing consistently. Probably not, because we have we haven't even talked about last year's class. That's redshirting, kind of. Uh, there are other guys that are going to be capable that didn't play this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just worry that there's going to be so much turnover that they're gonna. I feel like Refit's system to execute Refit's system well you have to be extremely disciplined, A, and you have to be extremely knowledgeable about what you're doing on every single play. And when that when you're not, 
stuff like UTS, Utah State's first touchdown happens when they're just a wheel route goes uncovered. So I feel like, again, to run Refit's defense, you have to be disciplined and you have to be experienced in that system. And so if there's a lot of turnover, like I said before, that we might see just a bunch of shootouts. So yeah. that's like an early analysis of the defense that I'm concerned about, but I think it's it's something to to watch watch for. We'll see how they fill the the holes. I think that's the big thing. Okay, okay, um, okay. Then uh, I think the last last thing in terms of the immediate future is next year's team. Kind of, oh, I guess this is this this is a later question. Does Here, next year's uh, team wait. perform better than last year's this year's team? Here, hold that question. Also, we have to mention Cole Headland's going to be. Gone. So oh, we have another yeah. kick, we have another, another kicking, kicking change. Yeah. Don't roll your eyes at that. That's a big. I deal. didn't roll it. I didn't roll my eyes. I was rolling my eyes. It yeah. was it was more oh, like okay. I was like, dang, I missed that type of thing. Uh-huh. Listen, sure. I respect look, guys. Look. Listen, Cole, audience members, to podcast, audience members. I respect Bernie too much to roll my eyes at him. Okay. You're rolling your eyes at Cole. I'm not rolling my eyes at Cole. Apologize to Cole. No. <laughs> or I, John. Need, what if John listens to the North Texas the, needs the needs needs Cole. And now, and now we have another. We have another. Do we have a kicker that can actually make field goals? I just wanted to hear you apologize to John Hamlin. There's no reason to apologize if I don't have anything to apologize Look, for. John, me. John, I know you listen to the podcast. I'm very sorry for calling. Cole was excellent this year. Uh, according to Bruni's prediction, early <laughs> he was better than I expected. There yeah, you go. There you go. Um. No, what were we talking about though? Oh, you you asking me if the ne- is next year's is team... next year's team better than this year's team? Yeah, that's such a such a loaded question. Colin. Not, okay, do they have the potential to be better than next year's? There you team, go. This year's now team? now we're talking. Uh, yes, and I think they, I think on paper, you might say this team should be better than the than this year's team. That team should be better than this year's team. Why you say that? Because offensively. If this that team should score forty a game. Yeah, they should. They should run over bad teams. This year's team and should have scored forty a game. This this year's team was close to scoring forty a game, but they just had too many damn twenty four point games against UTSA. Uh, <laughs> but no, the next year's team should legitimately be scoring at least thirty five every game. Okay. Next question. And if they don't, then that's a problem. Is was is next year's team gonna have more potential than this year's team had? Well, potential as in like preseason expectations? Not expectations, but like this year's team you could argue kinda had the perfect storm on paper where you have receiver or what was a preseason top six receiving core. You have Mason Fine. You have a defense that doesn't give it the big play and is able to hold opponents to whatever it was, 21 points a game. Yeah. Next year's team, probably as we talked about with defense, probably isn't going to have that. So does this year's team... Does this, does, did this year's team have a higher ceiling? Or do you think it'll have a higher ceiling than next year's team? I think it will only because I think it'll have good depth. I think he'll have good returners on the offensive side of the ball. And I think if your offense can score at a consistent rate, which they should be able to do next year, which they could not do this year, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to win a lot of games against Conference USA teams. Okay. Uh, I believe they play Middle Tennessee next year. I think that was the, the first thing announced. Um, Give me Mason Fine. Was, wait, is their quarterback a senior? No, he's gone. He's a senior. Dang. Yeah. I wanted to shut all of them up. I know. I'm tired of them. But, I mean... <laughs> Honestly, I could see North Texas entering like 
the season, like the the polls of the coaches' polls for the or the conference USA predictions, they could be favored to win it again, or not win it again, but they could be favored to win the the West Division once again. Yeah, them or Louisiana Tech, like that. that... Team, teams know that North Texas has a much potential. UAB is losing a ton of seniors, mm-hmm. so you kind of just. They're they're gonna the expectations are gonna be there next year too, and if they get off to a hot start, we'll see how they respond to them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this is this this last question is kind of uh, maybe not one you can answer now, but I think it's important. It's an important storyline to follow throughout this off season and next season. Is next year's team going to? Is next year's team going to make or break North Texas's football program? In terms of future. Well, here here's the thing. Because what do we know? What do we know about next season? Well, next season, we know... these these are the assumptions that I'm making for next season. Next season, obviously, we lose. You lose Mason Fine. You lose a star quarterback. Go. Next season, you probably lose Seth Luttrell. Correct. So, you lose, and Mason... you lose a lot of skill players. Right. You lose. You lose the for driving season. force behind this team the last three years, and I feel like if they don't capitalize on that, are they able to come back from that? And continue to try to become what people are calling the next quote-unquote UCF (laughs) you know what I'm saying so like yeah so does it is does next year's team make or break North Texas's football program for the for the future um I don't I don't think so because if the recruits if the 2019 class is intact and they're actually ballers and they can actually play and they actually stay if Seth leaves that's a that's a that's a that's a class that can single-handedly win UConn to USA so with that being said, I don't know. I don't think that it's, I don't think it's going to be that. I don't, it's not going to be the end of the world. They just have to get a capable replacement, which I think they can, mm-hmm. but the recruiting class itself, I'm just so astonished by how good it is. That 2019 class. Yeah. It's, they're going to be all right. In two years, those guys will be playing. Well, I don't think you understand my question. Like if they lose, yeah. say, say North Texas next year, f- somehow only wins like four games. And okay. then you lose Seth, and then you lose Mason. That's what I'm saying. This so a, that's a dark hypothetical. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like you lose Mason mid-season or anything. I'm saying like if this you team doesn't perform to expectations, and then you you don't have what has been carrying this program the last three years. I'm not saying if they win nine games. And then, no, I agree. Then they, I yeah. agree. I no, I know what you're saying. It would obviously hurt the program if they only win six games or even seven games, I think will be disappointing. But if they can get a good replacement for Seth and if they can get a capable quarterback, I think the pieces around them from that 2019 class and even the 2018 class that we haven't seen yet, I mm-hmm. think will be enough to keep them relevant. Okay. Not not good, but or not not really good, but relevant. Like okay. seven, six wins in that range. And if you can be consistent then I think that's all that matters. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. Do you have anything else? I think I think I'm all right. It was. Do we a, have any questions in chat? No questions in chat, sadly. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we gotta start paying people to type in chat. Like, where's what, your brother what? at? Man, he's back in San Antonio. He's just. He's not. He's not trying to listen he's, to he's us. He's up to no good things now. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, because if you listen to our podcast, that's the only good thing you can be doing on a Sunday. All right. Yeah, exactly. That's, Sunday, that's Sunday it. from twelve thirty to four thirty. Listen to Bernie's breakdown. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. 
Leave us right. a review on iTunes. Oh yeah. Um, follow us do. on SoundCloud. Those are all things you should be doing. Um, follow us on Twitter. Subscribing to Twenty Four Seven Sports. Hey, there's, there's so many things you should be doing. Um, but, buy that special loved one for Christmas, a Twenty Four Seven Sports <laughs> subscription, and they will not regret it. I think. Um, actually, I can't. I can't say this yet, but I'll put something out if it does. Uh, we'll. We'll. I might be. We might be seeing a price change on Twenty Four Seven. Oh. Lower. Lower. Oh. So. Keep your eye out for that. Um, but yeah, I might I might put something out on that real quick. But I do have some big stuff. Also, we're not doing a basketball podcast. We, we didn't mention that. No basketball podcast today because they don't play for like four weeks. They just they're just done playing basically. <laughs> they, they they've quit playing basketball. No, but they don't play for like ten days, which is incredible to me. They play. Wait, don't again they on play like, today? No, they don't play today. That's a that's a neck. If I could hit you, I hit you. <laughs> he reaches around the back of his camera. <laughs> Damn it! I, well, I, I know they they had they had that. No, tweet. they play New Mexico next. That's what I'm saying. They had that tweet saying stay in New Mexico after the bowl game. Yeah, like four days. Okay, I didn't. They know play what, on like Wednesday. Okay, okay, Jesus Christ. Bernie's just mean. The Cowboys are down twenty-three to zero. All right, and on that note. Everybody, thank you for listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. If you haven't followed me or Bruni yet, please do. Bruni at MattBruni25 and me at CJH Mitchell. Subscribe to 24-7 Sports. And uh, I don't think there needs to be any other PSAs. So on that note.